Hi there, welcome to the Healthy Jewish Mama podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Love, where we dive in each week to chat about your health, healing foods, and mindset to make it happen. I'm a holistic nutrition practitioner specializing in women's hormonal health, a mother of six who has been on a long journey of healing my body from pre-diabetes, PCOS, and more using the power of food. With a practice helping many women around the world heal their bodies with a step-by-step method that not only gets results, but makes the whole transformation delicious and easy as a way of life, even when life is crazy. And it could definitely get crazy. So pull up a seat and let's dive into these game-changing conversations. Welcome to the Healthy Jewish Mama podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Love, where we dive in each week to chat about your health, healing foods, and mindset to make it happen. I'm a culinary nutrition expert specializing in hormonal health, a mother of six who has been on a long journey of healing my body from pre-diabetes, PCOS, and more, and who is obsessed with the power of food on our ability to heal our bodies, as well as finding the ways to make it easy and happy to make these changes with our crazy, busy lives. Pull up a seat and let's dive into these game-changing conversations. So after over a year of crazy lockdowns and our lives being turned upside down yesterday, I finally went back to my yoga class. One of the poses we were doing had a sitting cross-legged, back straight, head held high, gazing upwards, Our arms were stretched out to the side and slightly upwards with our palms facing the sky, the warrior pose. My awesome instructor was explaining that it's not enough to be physically in the warrior pose. We also need to think about what badass thing we did today or yesterday to feel worthy, feel connected to this warrior pose. And honestly, do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking that I am awesome because I showed up today for yoga. And I've got to tell you that I really own that pose. I've been suffering from a back injury since the birth of my baby girl two and a half years ago. And only recently, with a new series of testing, they finally found out what the problem was. So I'm not here to talk to you today about my injury. I'm sure we'll get into the scrubby details in later episodes. The point that I'm trying to make is this. Listen, healing my injury is not going to take one yoga class. It's going to take, it's not going to take a month either. This is going to take a while, but you know what? I'm committed. I'm all in. I know how to do this because I've done it before when healing my hormonal imbalances. I know that it will take time and I'm okay with that. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about. We are living now in a world where we're so used to instant gratification or instant results. Honestly, I think that one of the things we learned from COVID is patience and that things don't always happen at the speed we want them to. So we all felt that, but were we able to deal with it? I have women that I treat and coach that are dealing with fertility troubles. In the end, it comes down to being able to ovulate. And for that, we need the follicle to be healthy and ready. Did you know that it takes the follicle 100 days to mature and be ready for ovulation? That's 100 days of working on our follicle health. So even if you wanted to heal your follicle in a week, That is not possible. The moment we know that we need at least 100 days, our stress from seeing immediate results can be set aside. When I went to that yoga class and warrior position, I was owning the amazing first step that I'm taking towards healing my body. Yes, I absolutely know that it is going to take a long time, 
But I also know that every step, every tiny little step in the long run, it adds up and it makes a difference. If you're here listening to this podcast, I know you are dealing with some very real health concerns. I'm also going to go out on a limb and assume that you have tried countless things, diets, treatments, and more, and you feel that you're right back where you started. I know these feelings so well because I've had them for most of my teenage and adult life. And I'm also very happy to say that there is a way to change all that. There's a way for you to heal your body naturally. There are most definitely, there most definitely is a way for you to be in control of your body and your life. And there is a way to change patterns to bring change that is not only sustainable, but that will also last a lifetime. Are you ready to dig in? Okay, so there are four things that you could start doing today to make change to your path of healing. The first one is be your own advocate. The second is actively shift your mindset. The third is make 1% changes. And the fourth is love your food and your kitchen. So let's dig into all four of them. Um, Throughout, in general, this podcast, we will get into the nitty-gritty of these topics, but let's start by outlining them and getting a better understanding of these four steps. So be your own advocate. Okay, so when I was a little girl, our education system wasn't great, and my mom, being an Olaf from New York, she was taking none of that. Basically, every time something went down at my school that was a no in my mother's books, she would show up in the principal's office and let him know. Let's just say that me and my siblings always knew that my mom had our backs. Honestly, being an introvert makes it difficult to live up to my mother's standards, but I'm working on it. In any event, she was our mama lioness and no one got in her way or really in our way when it came to her kids. That is what being an advocate is. How, but how does this have anything to do with your own health? Listen, when I first heard the doctor telling me I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome, and and he told me also to say thank you that I have three kids and to forget about having any more, the first feelings that I had were confusion. I remember sitting in the doctor's waiting room, feeling dizzy, not able to leave or move. I had several other strong feelings wash over me, honestly, after that, like anger, disgust with my body, and a few others that I'm not going to get into right now. But one of the main feelings I had after leaving that waiting room was denial. Let's just not deal, and maybe it will go away, right? Uh, wrong. In any event, I didn't want to deal, so I did what the doctor said, I continued having miscarriages, and I went on with my life. Well... Not really, because that's just not me. Eventually, I understood that I need to be the person to have my own back. It's not serving me to leave it up to anyone else, not the doctor, not my mother, just me. I need to understand my body. I need to figure out what's going on here. This is my home that I live in. Only after I fully understand, then I could let the doctor or anyone else help me. I had this wonderful lady on one of my programs with a slur of health issues, the biggest one being digestive pain. After a while, she tried cutting cutting out gluten, even though when tested, she was negative for celiac. And the results came rather quickly. Not only were the digestive constant pains gone, the other medical issues she was dealing with were resolving themselves. She was a new person. A few months later, I got a call from her 
that when she went for a regular checkup with her doctor, she told him that we had found she has a non-celiac gluten sensitivity and how amazing she's feeling now that she cut gluten out of her diet. Unfortunately, not all practitioners know of non-celiac gluten sensitivity, and this particular doctor was one of them. He told her she should go ahead and do another celiac test, which by the way means eating gluten again and having the pain return as well as having to reheal her body from the beginning, and that if she is negative to the test, she could go back to eating gluten because there's no reason to stop. Okay, so the really sad part about the story is that she was actually considering doing the test. Why? Because it's so much easier for us to pass on the weight of our health issues to someone else to deal with, to get the stamp of approval. It's much harder placing ourselves in charge of our health, doing the research and making decisions, whatever direction we choose to take. The first step to healing as a way of life is to become your own health advocate. So I want you to think now, how are you going to do this? What step? What changes do you need to make to become your own health advocate? Does it mean doing research on your medical condition? Does it mean coming ready with a list of questions for your doctor? Does it mean actually making that doctor's appointment you've been pushing off? Does it mean finding the person you trust to guide you? What does being your own health advocate look like for you. This brings us directly to our second step, to actively shift your mindset. What does that mean? In the past, when I would try a certain diet, I'd sit with my little package of rice cakes while my friends were digging into some serious mouth-watering chocolate cake, and honestly, I felt sorry for myself. I just felt so frustrated. Why the heck can my friends eat the cake and still look amazing, and if I take one bite, I blow up like a balloon? This is just not fair. These are moments that built the foundation for self-hatred towards my body. When you're mad and resentful of your own body, this brings neglect. And when you finally decide to make change, you're doing it while still being mad at your body. And let me tell you, this is a great way to set yourself up for failure. So let me give you another perspective. I know this example will resonate with whoever has kids. So... My Ophel is four years old, and he's just the sweetest thing you could imagine. He's an absolute angel. Every other word out of his mouth is, I love you, mommy. You're so beautiful, mommy. And then after five boys, I finally got my princess Noga, or the princess warrior, as we call her. Let's just say that this little two-year-old has us all wrapped around her finger and is prone to some very nasty mood swings when waking up from her nap. Let's be honest, she's a handful. I, um, do I love her any less? Hell no. Do, do I need to walk a little bit on eggshells when dealing with her? Absolutely. We all have those kids that give us a run for our money, but we take deep breaths and learn how to have productive conversations. So you know what? Your body is the, I'm quoting, problem child. He needs some extra TLC. He needs extra time to be heard and understood. But once you tune in, and especially once you accept that your body is not like your neighbor's body, and that's okay, then we could go on to changing our whole journey to health. And just by the way, it still doesn't mean we should eat rice cakes when everyone else is eating chocolate cake, but we'll get to that soon. You know, mindset is something we constantly need to be working on. It's not just one change, one thought, and you're on your way. I hope to be able to help you with that with some of the episodes planned for this podcast. Okay, so let's jump right into step number three, and that is the 1% edge. Okay, so we are now 
ready to get going and to change the way we go about our health journey. But where do we start? We start with one tiny step at a time. Usually when motivation hits, we want to do it all. In the past, when I decided to change my nutrition, I'd literally buy every single item at the health food store. I'd spend hours every day in the kitchen, and then eventually I'd crash. It usually happened when either my kids were sick, they were all in my hands, and I didn't have time to prepare anything for myself. So I'd just take whatever the heck was on the table. Or if my husband and laser would go out to, um, to the army, to reserves, and I'd be left alone with the kids and I didn't have time to deal with anything, there's always things happening in our lives. Um, and the reason I crashed was because it just wasn't sustainable to me. When, when was I able to change the way I ate for good? When I honestly took one step at a time. The first step I took, took was just eating real food. I still ate sugar well, coconut sugar, and the amounts of food I ate were embarrassing to me, but I didn't care because I knew that I was in it for good, and this was my first step. Months later, I noticed the amounts of food I ate dwindled considerably without me even noticing, and I was able to decide to have something sweet only for Shabbos, but I was good with that. I wasn't fighting against myself and against my urges. I know that we want quick results, but when we take 1% steps, you'll be surprised how potently it affects our health and makes it sustainable. Okay, so now let's move on to our last step, which is love your food and your kitchen. This is when I'm going to get real with you about those rice cakes. Do you honestly like those? I don't know. They seem more like cardboard to me. I mean, if you enjoy eating rice cakes, you go right ahead and do that. But if not, then that's absolutely the worst thing you could be eating if you want to change the way you eat for good. You have to enjoy what you eat. So yes, eat a mouth-watering chocolate cake, but do it with real ingredients that are full of vitamins and minerals. That is our first 1% step. Am I right? And by the way, I've got a recipe collection I put together for you as a gift. Dessert sweetened with natural sweeteners, all gluten-free and dairy-free. Head to lovefood.co.il forward slash LP forward slash desserts to grab a copy of these delicious and healthy recipes. So what does your cooking time usually look like? How are you going to make kitchen time enjoyable for you? When I step into my kitchen, I make sure to have my playlist ready and that is my jam. There's so many ways we can make our time cooking, and our eating experience so much more enjoyable. What do you think that looks like for you? What would make you happy to come into the kitchen and cook for yourself? What delicious foods do you miss? What do you want to never take out of your diet again? How could we make it healthier? What could we use to make it sustainable for us? Let's make this journey delicious, enjoyable, and full of love. So let's wrap up the four steps we talked about. One is be your own health advocate. Take charge of your body, your home. The second is shift your mindset. Let's do this change with love. The third is the 1% changes to make this last and be sustainable. And the fourth is let's enjoy every bite we take in every moment preparing the foods that heal and nourish our bodies. You can do this, Mama. Tune in next week to hear all about my health journey and what changes I made to heal my body. See you then.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Jewish Mama podcast. If you loved this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. New episodes are dropping each Thursday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, and I wanted to ask you, are you suffering from a certain hormonal imbalance? Do you have PCOS, perimenopause, endometriosis, prediabetes, infertility, or anything else? Did you know that you could most definitely heal using nutrition naturally? I wanted to invite you to join my full comprehensive one-on-one healing program. This four-month program, we work together to balance your hormonal system using delicious, nuanced-for-you nutrition, as well as supplements as needed. I help my patients gain control of their health and hormones naturally with a step-by-step process and delicious recipes, and we turn everything we learn together into a happy way of life. Reach out to book a free 30-minute consult call and see if we're the right fit for each other. Your health can be transformed. I'll add a link to this free consult in the show notes. Bye for now.